everybody. Welcome to episode 30. We've done 30 episodes of the Coach Fury podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to every guest that has come on this show. Anybody that has listened or come up to me and sent a message, said kind words to me in person, uh, rated the show, became a patron. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Shout outs to Ridge Carpenter and the FTW. But 30 episodes means that Glenn Urieta has drawn 30 awesome pictures for this show. So show him some love. Thank you so much, Glenn. Glenn is the most collaborative, really the only other collaborative, aside from the interviewees, uh, the collaborative heart of this show. I, I, I interview somebody, I come up with an idea, and I can, every Monday when he sends me the new picture, I just I can't wait to see it. It's like Christmas time every time. So here's some other good news going on. The classes, we're only in month two of classes at Fury Industries in South Brooklyn, Gowanus, New York, and they're growing. It's been really cool. The Fury crew has been bringing friends. We're getting new members. It's growing. So if you're interested in taking classes, now is the time to sign up. Head on over to CoachFury.com to find out all the info on classes, or if you want to do one-on-one -on -one training with me or online coaching with me, CoachFury.com. You can also find out all the courses I have coming up. Real quickly, Original Strength Pressing Reset Workshop, Sunday, April 8th. That's next week at the time that this goes out at Paris to the Edge in Vermont. Then we've got a DVRT Ultimate Sandbag Training Workshop out in Boston. That is on Sunday, April 29th at MSC Strength. The RKC Level 2 is coming up Saturday, May 5th, Sunday, May 6th, the Catalyst Sport in NYC. Come join us for that one. And then Original Strength Pressing Reset keeps it weird in Austin, Texas at Dow Health and Fitness on May 12th. Original Strength Pressing Reset, Quest Fitness, my bald brother from another, Daddy, James Newman, on June 9th. Come join us there. The HKC One Day Kettlebell Certification, my home away from home, MFF Bowery, Sunday, July 15th. This is not on the charts yet. By charts, I don't know what does that mean. What am I, like American Bandstand? This isn't on the website yet, but it looks like we're going to have some big announcements for the RKC, OS, and maybe even some Indian Club Love in Japan coming up later this year. So just exciting times. If you're interested in having me come down to teach one of these courses or a Die Mighty in service, how I put things together, how I approach training folks, how I blend in these systems, hit me up at coachfury.com or email me at coachfury at gmail.com. Now that's enough about me. Let's talk about some things that I'm interested in, right? Some things that I'm into, things that Fury's down on right now. Oh, not down on, that sounds horrible. Things that I'm excited about right now, I'm fanning out on. Kim and I on our anniversary weekend ended up at this shop in the Lower East Side called Scumbags and Superstars. And it was run by a really cool guy, really friendly guy named Worm. And they have cool t-shirts, really great collection of patches and pins and they do art shows there. It was just a really cool place to go in. Kim got me an amazing King Kong patch. That is Scumbags and Superstars in the Lower East Side. That's on 100 Clinton Street. So any of you New York crew or people visiting, it's a small shop. Worm's a super friendly guy. Check that out. I'm fanning out on Scumbags and Superstars. I am fanning out on my original strength family. Big thanks to Danny, Tim, Jill, and John for hosting us out there. For Dan and Tim, uh, sorry, Dan and Dr. Mike for presenting along with Tim and just crushing it. It was really great to see the whole family out there. Uh, I love you guys. It, it was a special weekend and it was just what I needed. The, the weekend itself 
was it was a trip and i got to give a special shout out also for uh dr mike and dr dan burrows and chip morton for hopping on a bonus episode of the podcast last minute so i'm fanning out on everybody at original strength this weekend um and i'm gonna fan out on my patrons we've hit 30 episodes and i've got five patrons and uh victor julian james brian i love you guys thank you so much uh, folks, if you want to support this podcast so it can continue to grow and I can continue to up the production value and opportunity of it, please visit patreon.com slash Coach Fury podcast, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Coach Fury podcast. And you can literally donate as, as little as a buck an episode uh, to help support the show. And we get about a thousand listeners a month now, which I know is not Nerdist Joe Rogan money, but it is like... 980 more people <laughs> a month than I expected. So thank you so much for that. But if you want to show me some direct love, you can give me a hug or a high five uh, if I run into you or become a patron there. So thank you so much to everybody involved in this. Um, I'm very excited about this episode as well. Jason and Lauren Pack from Achieve Fitness in Boston. I'm not going to say any more. This is a great episode. Enjoy. It's weird seeing friends I haven't seen in a while doing this. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Jason and Warren. And before we get into like introductions and stuff, I, I, I realized I really need to apologize for, for something what? to both of you. Uh, I have to apologize for teaching that original strength course with a mustache when I came <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was pretty epic. It was a great mustache. You yeah. know, every, every now and then, it's not even meant to be like uh, satirical or uh, comical or hipstery. Every now and then, I think I'm old enough where I can pull off like a man mustache. And I, I recently updated my web, like redid my website, updated my website. And when I'm putting in the the past events things, that picture comes up. I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> You're like, this is definitely going at front page. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's my biopic now. But yeah. uh yeah, so I want to apologize for that. <laughs> no, it enhances greatly. <laughs> everybody, you know, it's supposed to be a parasympathetic relaxed course, and I think I stranger dangered everybody immediately. On edge, backing away. <laughs> well, I haven't really said your names yet. So everybody, please welcome Jason and Lauren to the Coach Fury podcast. Um, we go back uh, actually quite a bit and I'm really stoked to like, we're all sort of part of each other's journeys in a weird way. Yeah. So uh, I met Lauren first. So I'm going to let her take the lead here, Jason. Sorry, you can step out of the camera off mic right now. Uh, Lauren, where, where did we meet? I believe we met at the Boston Strong First Certification in 2000. 13? I think it was 12. 12? It was either 12 Oof. or 13. It was the second uh, Strong First Cert ever. Um, you were uh, an assistant, and as was I, but it was my first time assisting, and you had done it a few times, so you just kind of, like, took the lead in terms of, like, the assistance went, and I felt super grateful for that because I felt like I had no idea what I was doing, um, and so <laughs> you really, like, I felt like you really took me under your wing at that point, And that was really, that was really special. So. Oh, well, thank you so much for saying that. Cause I had no idea. Like you were, <laughs> I was, I was super impressed by how well you like handled yourself and knew all your shit while you were there. And oh. we were both on the same team with, uh, Ron, AKA captain Ron. Um, which that, that event was special in a couple of ways. Uh, um, in many ways, actually, uh, that's where I met Tim 
from OS, yeah. right? That was my first connection, officially meeting Tim. We'd known Jeff for a while. Uh, let's be honest, that being the second strong first cert ever, it was friggin' electric. Yeah. Um, I remember that moment when Pavel walked out onto the floor. It was like kind of insane. And Sam Griffiths, in addition to us, I met Sam Griffiths, who went on, if you listen to the Seb Morgan podcast, we became really tight and trained online and stuff. But I had no idea you felt that way. Um, I, you handled yourself like awesome. I was just like, oh, like, she's legit. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> that cert also was like the week after the bombing yeah it was crazy that was one of the craziest parts is that it, during that weekend it was when they were doing like the manhunt for the two guys who did the marathon bombing so we the, the city actually shut down and our town shut down um that we live in luckily we were already out in Chelmsford where the um cert was happening but we had to shut the gym down like nobody could leave their houses it was a really crazy time yeah i mean we were like maybe like a year into the business. And this yeah. is probably the first time that we actually stepped away to go and do something else. And, you know, that is happening in our like backyard. Yeah, yeah. As a wow. certain, obviously we can't like check our phones until there's like a break. So we're like quickly texting our office manager. Hey, what's going on? Is everything okay? And like, everything's in the dark at that point. Yeah. And it was a, it was a pretty surreal experience. Yeah. Um, I remember we, we had one person on our team. I'm forgetting his name. I wish I could. He wasn't able to show up. He um, he came in on day like the middle of day two, because yeah. he was on lockdown. Like I think his niece or somebody saw some, might have seen one of the guys, and he got questioned, and so he came in and we had to catch him up to speed. So there was all of that going on, was which crazy. was, and 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 that's where I met you as well, Jason. Yes, that's where we met. Um, I was actually uh, Tim was um, I was assisting with Tim. Yeah, that was it. Burrito. Um So yeah, I mean, obviously those those people have been. Uh, pretty uh influential in um in my career and then i think um it was i think you assisted me in my level two yeah right yeah 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 that was actually a pretty cool experience as well i mean level two is just awesome it's just like everyone's like part of the family now like we're not expected to get just beat down but you know everyone is kind of like understood that everyone there is there for a reason and you know um you know have really taken their strength to uh, you know a higher standard, um, but yeah, definitely remember you really just really just caring. You know, it was uh, it was it was cool just to see someone so passionate about um, you know the whole concept of kettlebell, the strength training, and everything around that. So thank you for that experience. Oh well, <laughs> thank you. That was I remember I was that was an, again I think that was the first level two maybe in the states or the second one. I think, so, yeah. I think the I think the first one might have been in like Italy or something like right in Europe and then that was the first one in the states. And I remember that was the one that I had back trouble. Like I was kind of I was assisting a lot and I was going through like the SFB and the, and the SFL all very close to researching and that's when I was really starting to dive into OS to help with some back trouble. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're, yeah, we were part of some momentous uh, events together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's really cool. And, and I want to also, I want to round back. I didn't realize that you guys had only been open for about a year around there. I don't let me not get back to this point because oh. aside from how you both impressed me there at these courses and getting to know you, um, when I came for that OS course, I was shocked by your facility. Like, it's one thing when you see pictures online. And at this point, like, I've been very, you know, I've been um, lucky enough. I got to assist and start teaching courses. So I've gotten to go to a lot of gyms. And, like, I've only been to a couple that I'd be like, 
never again. Like there's sometimes when you fly in and you walk in and my gosh, you're, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to throw a gym under the bus, but like uh, there, there was one in particular where I walked in, I'm like, I don't think we can do a cert here. And then the people yeah. continued, continued to lie to me the entire time, like literally lying to me the entire time while I have 18 people that have paid, you know, full price to be there. It was crazy. Yeah. And we pulled it off. But um, before we get into your, your, your spot, um, we talked about like how we have all these common grounds and stuff. Like the great thing is, is we've all been able to kind of come up around the same time at different groups at this point, right. but congrats to both of you on becoming team leaders. That's amazing. Oh, well, thank, thank you. And you as well for having such a high role at RPC. So it's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm very fortunate that the combination of having opportunities to assist a bunch and then the other groups that I teach for really, I realize now really gave me a springboard where I was, I was able to gain a lot of like in front of the, in front of people, whatever we want to say that, in front of an audience speaking. Yeah. That sounds horrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're trying to prove that you're like, you're really good at public speaking and you can't get that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, words, I got good at words in front of people that I barely knew and made friends along the way with a mustache occasionally. And you still managed to pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> that one was weird though. And congrats, Denzel, you're not on this podcast, but congrats because I met Denzel for the first time at your course. And he's a team leader now, too. Yes, he just got promoted. It's all coming full circle. It's amazing. We're all going to have fancy names. We can all add them on. (laughs) But mustaches. (laughs) (laughs) Don't grow a mustache. Well, I mean, folks, if you're out there and you find yourself listening to this and rubbing your upper lip because you've grown a mustache, keep it. Because now (laughs) it's just like peer pressure if you ditch it. And uh, the worst is actually not yours. There's a picture when, when Kim and I went to get our marriage license. There's a picture of me. I had a handlebar mustache for that. And there's this picture of us near like the, the sign for marriage licenses. And I'm like, I'm, what, was I, what was I thinking? Wait, I feel like I remember a, a picture of you in like an old time, like strongman type of outfit in front of MFF. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's forever. Well, actually, they could take the sticker off. But I, I, I grace in a beard, though, not in the, in the thing. I have, I have my beard. I had my beard for a long time. Oh, I have a beard yeah. in that. But, yeah, there's me in a, in a leopard singlet that the yeah. amazing Katrina Newman filled my dreams and made that for me um, <laughs> that I didn't know was going to grace the windows of both facilities of MFF. <laughs> Back in uh, New York City, right? No one's yeah. going to see that. Well, what's been great is people have literally walked by and then texted Kim, like, hey, I was out with my dad and I saw your husband. <laughs> it's really it's weird. Cover my child's eyes. <laughs> um, but enough, enough about that stuff. I do want to talk to you about your facility because I remember I gave you all the props in the world when I showed up there, and I was shocked. A, um, its layout, its size, its cleanliness, its environment. Like these are the basically the main things that when I walk into a facility, like I, I, I'm kind of looking for. Size usually isn't the biggest, isn't the first one because in New York we're used to smaller spaces. Totally. But I was like holy shit, your place is really big and not crammed, right? A lot of the times when people have big spaces, they fill it full of stuff. Like yours had a great layout and it was one of those places that was just fun to lift. I think I was like, I, I don't know, I was doing like pistol squats. Like I was just like training and moving around there for part of it. Um, so if we met in 2012, you, so you opened in 2011? No, so I think, I'm pretty sure that cert was 2013. Because, was it? Yeah, because we opened in 2012, mm-hmm. in um, November of 2012. I felt like the divorce was 2012, though. 
I could be completely wrong. No, you're actually, you're right. You're right. I think the divorce happened in 2012. And I think mm-hmm. there was that weird gray area where nobody even knew what, what the name was going to be. Yeah. Remember how we were all waiting? Totally. Like, What's it going to be? And then the name came out. And then it was April. It would have been April. That was April of 2013 that that sort of happened. Five years ago. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. So you started with, is that the first location you guys picked picked up on or did you move into it after a first location? That was our first location. Damn, way, uh, to, way to go, out the gate. Yeah, we went big. We decided, well, actually, we looked, we were mostly looking for, like, the advice that we kept getting was, like, you know, 2,500 square feet is ideal, maybe 3,000 if you're feeling, like, a little crazy. Yeah. And we were looking at those spaces, and we just kept feeling like we knew we were going to outgrow them. Yeah. We just had this feeling of it's going to be so much harder to start over again once we outgrow this space and have to go through this whole process again. And so when we finally found the space that we're in, it was way bigger than we were. We were thinking like, okay, we're going to go more for the four to 5,000 square feet. We ended up in six, um, but it was a nasty, disgusting warehouse when we first walked in. Like it was not what you see now. It was so (laughs) gross. It was filled with dust and they were just using it for storage space. And there's no street visibility. There's skylights, which make it feel bright in there. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's no windows around the edges. It's it's, uh, enclosed by two other Uh, businesses Mm -hmm. and so we got really good rent like really really good rent for that space yeah so we actually equated to um places that we're looking at that were about three thousand thirty five hundred square feet it actually equated to the same amount of like dollars like uh for rent um per square foot but um which we're we're like awesome let's just move in perfect we got a steal like had our whole budget laid out yeah but what we didn't take into account was how expensive flooring was and like utilities and heating (laughs) And all that stuff. And suddenly we were like, oh my God, we just spent all of our equipment budget on our floor. Yeah, <laughs> like, we, we doubled our uh, our flooring budget. We doubled our turf budget. Yeah, like, our flooring alone was in like 25K, I think. Wow. And yes. it was just like, wow, but this, is, this is the little stuff that people don't talk about and how quickly these expenses add up. Flooring is like surprising. So like, you know, even from my perspective in running classes sometimes, and now that I teach out of my apartment actually now, and just looking to get like some quality mats, I was shocked at how much that stuff is. Yeah. And I'm super gun shy to invest in it until I know it's like a proven thing. Right. So we're working on like discount yoga mats right now. And like, well, as things build, I'm going to go upgrade, but you are so right. Like I even had a hookup when I first went full time, I started a class like outside, like as everybody does. But in, in you know, the weather here at a certain point, you're like, you got to bring it in. So somebody let me bring it in, but they're like, you need to mat the floor. And I knew a guy um, at Canal Rubber who cut me a great discount on basically like a long roll of a ho- what a horse mat would be. A lot of, gotcha. for those that don't know what it is, a lot of trainers use horse stall mats. They're like four by six. They're probably about three quarters of an inch thick and they make really good gym flooring. They're not like the softest things on your knees, but they're excellent gym flooring. They give me a roll of it. But even at his discount, I want to say I probably had 16 by 16. It was still like 600 bucks. Like it was yeah. crazy. Um, like tough to set up like yeah they smell too (laughs) they smell horrible when it's like that dense of like rubber rubber roll yeah so yeah so that was fun but I mean we found the exact space that we wanted all we wanted was like essentially a big rectangle that we could see anyone from any corner of the room Uh, we wanted minimal like just like pillars and poles in the middle that would obstruct our view in any way Uh, we just this this whole place is supported by one Oh, one somehow. pole in the middle, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can literally see everyone. 
um, no matter where we are in the room. So it helps out quite a bit. It also helps out with just feeling more open. And then as Lauren said, the skylights are so huge, just getting some sort of daylight. Cause we've been in those dungeon gyms where it's been, you know, it's like, you, you don't know what time of day it is. Yeah, you get there when it's dark and you leave when it's dark and it's just like, oh. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. So when I came out, I remember I walked to your place because I remember we got a car. I met Chris Lopez at the hotel. Chris yeah. Chris, Chris, assisted at that one, co-taught with that one. Yeah. And, you know, the things that you listed as potential negatives on your space, like lack of windows, lack of storefront, yeah. I, I don't remember that at all, which is yeah. a testament to how you guys have laid out and designed the space because I'd never felt like, trapped in a space i never felt like it was out of the way i kind of now remember like finding the door because yeah. you're like off of around a corner it's not like you're completely isolated like an industrial yeah. park yeah 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 definitely a big part of it was just to like whenever people walk in it's like they see the pictures and they're like oh wow it's like so much more open and there's just some sort of positive vibe that happens as soon as people walk in through our doors and we can't really explain it either like yeah. we just kind of hope it happens and uh yeah, it just worked out that way somehow. I think that we, we painted a wall, a big wall of the gym blue. And I think blue is a very inviting color. And yeah. I think people really feel like almost like a little more like calm and at peace when they first walk in. And it just feels like a little kind of like a nice space. I don't know. I yeah. can't, maybe that's the only like. Was, was it intentional to go blue with that in mind? Yeah, we wanted to go yeah. with a cooler color just to like have people feel a little less intimidated. Because that was our whole thing was like, when we first opened, we, we wanted it to be a place that people felt very comfortable and supported and not intimidated. So blue felt like a color that was welcoming and calm and cool. And so, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I have to credit Lauren there because I mean, a lot of those big strength and conditioning facilities like Cressy's or Boyle's or any of these real, um, you know, hardcore strength organizations like have a lot of red in them, which is great for like a good workout. Um, but for the vibe that we were trying to go for, um, blue definitely has worked out in terms of just, putting people at ease as soon as they walk in through our doors. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So already, I, I know you guys are involved with the Cosgroves and results. Yeah. Were you yeah. working with them to even have the frame of mind to have those decisions, to think about cool colors and to think about, you know, this open space? Because that's already, I feel like you're ahead of the game when most people, most trainers, well, I shouldn't say most, I'm overgeneralizing here, but <laughs> a lot of my friends, it was just, I just want to do my thing, right? Mm -hmm. That, that kind of, I want control and I want to be able to do my thing. And that it's like, what's available becomes what dictates versus, or what we can afford becomes what dictates versus actually having, I think the frame of mind to be like, I want to be able to see somebody from every spot in the building. I want to be able to have a cool color blue. Like those are somewhat next level choices, as simple as they might sound. Totally. Yeah. You, yeah. Were you with them already? We, we, we were. were. I don't think either of those decisions were decisions that we made through that group necessarily, though. Uh, there were a lot of decisions that we made through, yeah. through that group, but those two I think we had in our heads already. The, the great thing about the, the Cosgrove model is that they'll tell you like things that you should absolutely do based on their experience, but also they'll give you the freedom to work with whatever you're trying to build and whatever your mission is. So, you know, they encourage us to uh, change our names and yeah. you know change our core values things like that um, but to um, but they didn't like confine us to do this um, system like they're not a franchise they just yeah. give you their advice and then adapt it to your situation your demographic your values all that sort of good stuff yeah I know we have a lot of mutual friends in the same group mastermind group that you're a part of well, like yeah. um, Jessica out in the uh, the Ocean Blue Fitness you know Danny yeah, yeah. Two Guns and those crew I know yeah. and and Steve Steve um 
from Canada was out there, fellow master DVRT instructor when I was teaching in a mustache. So of course I'm running into people. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's an OG with the group, Stephen Carey, our OGs. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of wonderful people there and just, yeah, good, good, good people, good people to mastermind with and network with. So yeah. awesome. I think that one of the reasons that we went to them in particular is because we knew that they were going to support like the ideas that we had, but also give us the, like, the experience that they have to to guide us in certain directions but like we knew we wanted a welcoming supportive place like those are the words that already came to mind and then when we told them we went out there and we said our gym was going to be called advanced performance training they were like well i don't get that from i don't get what you're talking about from that name why don't you reconsider <laughs> we were like yeah let's reconsider yeah alan was like that that sounds like uh like a like a car, like, like motor a, performance thing. Yeah. 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 So, so uh, those are the things that we just, I don't know. We were like, Oh, that sounds cool. Like we're really, we're, you know, we were really into the training aspect of things. And like, we wanted people to know that we could give them these like advanced techniques. We and, cutting edge. But then at the same time, <laughs> our goal was to help people who were intimidated by the gym. So those things, there was a disconnect there. And so they helped us see a lot of those disconnects and put all the pieces together. Yeah. That's amazing and worth the price of mentorship. We want to make this really, uh, really free. I don't want you to feel intimidated at all. Welcome to Death Row Crusher Fitness. <laughs> um, <laughs> much, where yeah. dreams come true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's, let's, let's step this up. Cause so, you know, I came in, I was super impressed with your place and just in terms of your demeanor, cause the, and, and and I, I've known that you've been involved with the Cosgroves because I've seen some of the videos of you got, you know, I've seen that you have been able to present within the group. And just one of the things that I've seen that I've been more stoked on, quite frankly, than any of the promotions, and that's just not yours, but mine, is like your growth as becoming recognized as just really solid business owners within what we do. Because for those that are listening that don't own a business, it is not easy. And quite frankly, I don't know how you, to have managed to stay together like, <laughs> like it's a very stressful business and because a lot of the times you don't have a ton of support and a lot rests on your shoulders where did you find that you started coming into your own on that that's a good question that's a really good question <laughs> i try well I'll, I'll speak to the us still being together thing because that's actually a big thing mm -hmm. is that it can really harm relationships when you go into business um but we we're, have always worked together. Um, and I think the biggest factor is we have an equal passion for this business. It's not Jason's business and I came on board or my business and he came on board. And I think that makes a huge difference because we sat down and wrote out our core values together. We sat down and wrote out our vision together and we have an equal amount of passion for what we're doing. And so I think that gets us through those times where it's like, you know, every once in a while, one of us might be like, can we talk about something else? Like, can we do, but then, but we understand each other because we understand that, you know, this actually is what matters so much to us in the world. So that really helps the whole, like us being able to get through this all together, even the, the hard times. Yeah. I mean, Lauren and I started working together, um, as soon as we got into the personal training industry. So this was 11 years ago. Oh, so wow. we had built this sort of rapport, uh, and understand how we work, um, work with each other. So it's been, uh, it's been really good. I mean, the big thing is definitely the vision. And so once we've established the vision that we wanted to make achieve this positive, welcoming, more inclusive uh, place, and then we also mapped out our core values underneath that, now all of our actions need to map to those core values and that mission. And so there's no like, no, I want to do it this way. No, does this serve the mission or not? 
And it's pretty objective black and white answer. And so because of that, we've been able to maintain um, good decisions, uh, rational decisions, as opposed to making emotional decisions to maybe impact us financially in the short term. We've been able to stave that off and think a little bit more rationally about how this affects our long-term uh, reputation and things like that. So we've really, um, really stuck to the vision as part of our, our governor. Uh, what I love about hearing you say that is, is knowing you guys, you're both super warm, inviting, friendly people. Like you're an adorable couple. You were <laughs> as boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, like you're just, it's like, it's cool to hang around you. Like you give off really good energy, not just your place, but it makes sense that your place would, right? Especially, we have to be honest, we both come from backgrounds in the kettlebell world and, and, and barbell world where a lot of the times it's like aggression is like, you know, and being like really angsty and, and I'm like talking, like my nickname's Fury, but you know what I mean? Like, like this idea of like, you know, we're the toughest of the tough, all of this stuff on both sides, we've done snatch tests, whatever, but then it's like to step away from that and be like, well, actually our profession isn't well at least my side of the profession and I, uh, yours is is like we're not necessarily out to make monsters we're out to make better people right we're here to help people hit their stuff and just knowing you and then how you thought about you know what you wanted the place to be and then your core values you can see how it all flows together really well and just to hear you both verbalize that was kind of like interesting like un Oh, no, no kidding. No wonder it works so well. Because there is a thing when you walk into a facility and, and, and it's not any one common denominator that would be like, this is the, a place you feel good at. But you walk in and you just want to move, right? There's just something about it. And it might not be like, I want to do my program day. It might be just like, I just want to go and move, like move around. I remember feeling that when I first became a member at Five Points Academy. I remember specifically when I went to, uh, when, when, when Dustin Ripito used to do the Summit of Strengths out at his place in Guthrie, Oklahoma, his little spot was amazing. You just went in there and it was like a fitness playground. It was great. And, you know, you run into them every now and then, you know, like, oh, there's something special about this one. And then there's others that are like, this is cool. It's nice. And there's others where you're like, I wish it was a little cleaner. And there's others where you, I wish it was a lot cleaner. But I think maybe it is the personality somehow, um, you know, in a conjuring way starts to seep into the walls of a place. Like I kind of believe the energy you put out hits those decisions, whether you realize it or not. Yeah, Does that makes sense. Believe that we both believe in that as well. Like there's what you put out in the world is, is what you're going to get back. And so like that, it makes sense that it would also be what ends up becoming whatever you're trying to build. It would, I mean, I think it's a direct correlation to how you are as a person and who you are as a person. Yeah. And it translates to just in terms of how you carry yourself as like leadership, because like, like, let's be honest, almost everyone that passes a kettlebell cert would hope to be a team leader one day right? First, it's like, it's, it's just an amazing honor to assist. And it's a, an amazing learning experience to assist. Like I wouldn't be where I am if just by going through courses, like assisting taught me not only how to coach people better, but also how to coach coaches, which is different than coaching. If you can coach coaches without being an asshole, like you can work with gen yeah. pop people, right? Cause you're dealing on a totally different ego level. And, um, and then also to present, like just hearing people present and how they coach it up and how they own the room or how, sometimes how they flub it and, and don't have that mm -hmm. is kind of an amazing thing. And you guys have never, I don't know, done the macho thing in that respect. You've always been, as I know you, is just Jason Warren. And some of us, I, I see certain people like their videos just look so damn stern. And I'm like, <laughs> I've, I've had drinks with you. I know that this isn't quite you yeah. outside of this social media snippet of your life. Right. Um, 
which brings me to, to what I wanted to, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, another area that you have been crushing it on a super high level, super, super high level, is your social media. And I'm going to be honest, I hope none of the other former guests get pissed at this. Like, I never really research anybody because, like, I basically know everybody, and I, I never wanted this to be, like, a normal Q&A type yeah. podcast. Like, I just want to, like, have a discussion, talk about some stuff that I think I'm interested in, some people be interested in. Well, I shouldn't say I think I'm interested. I know I'm interested <laughs> in. But someone pointed out a video some one of my online clients mike pointed out that they were trying to work on you know he's like i I give him some business advice a little bit knowing that i don't really own a business but like having what i've seen in other facilities and he mentioned you guys in terms of social media now i admit i'm on it too much but i'm also selfishly on it for a lot of just me Mm -hmm. so i hopped on your instagram and holy shit you've got like tens of thousands of people following you tens of thousands of views on most of your videos but more importantly for me as a film major the quality of your videos the lighting the sound the titling is super sharp and i know a lot of people are starting to use the you know the graphic apps to make, to simplify and put things on but you're not just doing like one a week you're, you're putting out a ton of stuff and then i did try to research a moment just to like look at these things and then like you have your own podcast and the video the vlog i always feel weird <laughs> saying vlog yeah. um, i want to know how how do you schedule like how are you producing that stuff like are you scheduling a certain amount of time a week like this is where we're doing vlogs this is when we're doing podcasts like because you can't just be I, I know i fall in the category of like i uh, just I'm doing a workout. Oh, I have an idea for a video. I'm going to shoot a video real quick. I'll pull the light in and I'm going to yell because I don't have a mic yet for, for shooting videos. Like, how are you guys scheduling that out? Because your production value as a, as a former, well, as, a, as an executive producer <laughs> slash film major is on point. It looks like it's like detailed. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so, I mean, I, I should first start off by saying that we really just picked this up pretty significantly in the last year, right? Yeah. Like we were posting on Instagram here and there. Um, when we were first opening, but during that first four years of business, it was like everything was devoted to the business. Like we couldn't uh, dare to step away really. And now we've got this incredible team in place and our coaches are phenomenal. Our admin staff is phenomenal. Now we've actually got some time because, you know, the time we're putting in, it's essentially like a part-time job on top of becoming a business owner. So I I see a lot of people stressing out about um, social media and stuff when they're just starting a business. And if you're just starting out a business, that has to be your sole focus, like 24, 7, 365. Take, so, take a moment. Can you repeat that? Because I really, <laughs> I really want people to realize that, whether, whether it's as a business owner or as a trainer, because we are, it's a yeah. common thread here about this online training thing. And I know I'm doing it as well, but I've been in it a, a bit now. Yeah. Yes. Can you just read what you have to focus on when you're new you versus... Yeah. Okay. So if you're a coach, you got to focus on coaching. And if you're a gym owner, then you have to focus on becoming the best gym owner you can. And it's got to be, I mean, it's got to be for a while, right? You just have to build up that experience. And then from there, you can have, you know, that sort of reputation where they, then you can actually disseminate information online. But yeah, I mean, basically we just gained, we, I mean, we're almost at 50,000 followers. We gained that over the last year. Wow. Yeah. We were at about when we got serious about, like, let's do this thing. Like, let's commit to doing this. Mm-hmm. We are at about 800 followers on Instagram. Yeah. Amazing. Um, and just, uh, I mean, that wouldn't be there without 
our backgrounds before, right? Of learning from incredible people and organizations and having mentors and coaching in the trenches. Like we wouldn't have this knowledge without all of that. So if we had tried to jump like upon the social media train right from the get-go would have been a disaster, right? We would have tried to be people that we weren't. We would have tried to pose as experts when we weren't. And it's just like, this is kind of what we see online these days, right? But um, as far as like now that now that we've got a, a good team in place, now we can step away a little bit. And one thing that really kind of kicked us into gear was that um, we uh, we follow Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, mm-hmm. Some people really don't like his guts, but uh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but by we follow him, we mean Jason. Jason follows him, gets great ideas, and I can't listen. To him. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm down the I'm down the middle on him. I listen to all the stuff. I get super motivated, but I, you know I I'm I'm, I'm I'm I guess I'm closer to his age. I'm like. I am not against hustling. I hustle a lot. And totally. I, I also know where I'm not where I want to be financially on some ways, but I also know I'm not going to give up more time away from my kids. Oh yeah. And I know that's cross purposes in his land of that, yeah. but there is a, a little bit of that because trainer life can grind you down because our hours are usually pretty horrible totally. and adding a little bit too much of <laughs> jab jab punch or jab yeah. jab right hook it can, can get really tough on somebody that can be a bit unhealthy and again like that's why we didn't pursue this whole social media thing until just now when we actually have the team that we can delegate stuff to and it's freed us time to actually go ahead and do this but he basically said that if you want to be relevant in today's world you need to think of yourself as a media company first and then whatever you do second and we were like oh wow that's actually a pretty cool idea yeah. and so we were like okay Let's start off with the Instagram. Let's post three to four times a day. And we just committed to doing it. And as we started, we started batching um, content. So we were like, okay, let's shoot videos on Monday, let's yeah. edit them on Wednesday, and let's roll them out throughout the course of the week. And then once we got into a good flow with that, I mean, that took probably six, seven months, right? Just to get into a so good get flow into a with that. Yeah, for a while, it would be like, we have to film a video right now and post it right now because yeah. we're behind. And so now we're really like, we never get behind. Anymore. Yeah. Once we got into a good group with that, then we started the podcast once a week. Then we started the podcast two times a week. Then we started layering on YouTube videos on top of that. And man, we posted our first Instagram video the other day and it was like the most uncomfortable thing ever. <laughs> Lighting was horrible. The camera was, the camera was at belly button height pointing up at us. We've got a script that we're reading off of and we're just like, Hello, welcome to Technique Tip Tuesday. <laughs> Man, we've, we've come a long way. But, you know, if anyone's kind of in our position where maybe they've had a gym for a little while and they're ready to take on social media, or if you're a coach who's been coaching in the trenches for a while and you're ready to take on social media, it's um, a, a big thing for us was just to shoot, put it out there, and then just react to whatever feedback might have happened and just continue to do that process over and over and over again. Because you won't grow by trying to make things perfect, make the lighting perfect, make the perfect script, all that stuff. You just have to put it out there and you'll just get better just by default, even if you don't take any sort of feedback, but you'll just get better. So um, that's kind of our word of advice. Don't try to appease other coaches in the industry. Don't try to um, make yourself be something that you're not. Just post your true self out there over and over and over again and uh, just provide value. I, I want to stress another thing. Jake, you, you guys are nailing a lot of, I think, important things because social media obviously comes up on this show a lot mm-hmm. is 
don't worry about impressing other coaches. So one of the things that I really love about your videos, and it's for the most part stuff that I, how I try to do it as well, mm -hmm. um, is my avatar is I'm not trying to necessarily help either of you with your kettlebell snatch or your swing. Ooh. I'm trying to help the people that might potentially be in my class train with me or nowhere near me that just actually need solid information to right. do a swing in like two minutes or less, like Instagram, you know, like a minute or less. And I, I, when I was going through after, you know, I started looking at your stuff, I'm like, that's where you're nailing it. Because if I impress you, like we're, we're in a little bit of a different position than most people because we, we, we teach at certs. So bringing people into certs is an active part, a money-making part of our career. But most people get so caught up in trying to impress other coaches with coach knowledge yeah. that they're not going to make any money off of that. And they might be like alienating a potential customer. Like it's focusing on your business or your coaching. Like if you're an online coach, are you going to coach other coaches? Why don't you try to create a reach to somebody that you might, might actually be like, Oh, you know, I think Artemis was a good example of building her online that way of like just making approachable material at first. Yep. And it all starts to form. Now you also mentioned having your own voice in that and being authentic. And this is one of the, the things that I think is really cool that goes back. Like I'm hoping listeners, you're getting like a fuller picture of, of who they are. I know we're talking mostly business, but you can hear. And if you watch these videos, go to their Instagram account. We'll, we'll link it in the website. You guys will get a shot to say it is, is in this quest for being yourself, right? So I'm a former employee of Mark Fisher Fit fitness. I'm part of that life, right? That's my family there. And I know, and people see, a lot of people are trying to hop on the social media, no gym intimidation front, you know, uh, positive self-regard, unconditional positive self-regard by suddenly wearing unicorn horns in their underwear, right? And I'm sorry, if you think the MFF team doesn't at some point go like, as, as big hearted as we are, like, what the fuck? Um, you know, I, I feel like you have to find your own. Now in the beginnings, it's like anything, like it's like being in high school. We're trying to find where we think we fit. So unfortunately when in the quest for authenticity, it's like, sometimes it's like, uh, we're chasing the dollar too soon. So you also said the great point about not making fast money decisions. Right. Right. Yeah. But that you like your positive attitude comes out in your videos. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like the video of your mom's 60th birthday, <laughs> like a, the fact that it's like, it's like a professional wedding video. Like it's amazing. <laughs> Um, but the fact that you post that up, like it says a lot about you and your facility, right? Versus trying to be like, it's, it's zany video time, right? Or it's crushing hardcore music, watch me do a heavy bent press, turbo time, right? It, it's, it's finding that groove that is you. Um, I mean, it's, it's what we realized, and I feel like this is about what Jason was about to say, is that it's so clear and so obvious when somebody's not being themselves. It's, and everyone people know people are smart people can see through somebody being somebody trying too hard or somebody being inauthentic and so we we're just like because sometimes we're like just kind of goofy and like but not we don't we're not goofy because we're trying to be goofy because we want to make this a funny video it's just yeah. we're just being who we are and we're never trying to put on a show and I think that that's what makes it a kind of a show is like this is legitimately like an inside look at our life like you take it or leave it if you like us cool if you don't cool that's fine but we're not going to try to conform to anything else and so you know Jason will leave like he's he has a great eye for video and so he'll leave these little quick snippets of like us laughing at the end or something like that that just shows you our personality but not forced nothing's yeah. forced I'm not like 
ha ha, like, isn't that great? And like, you know, it just give, we started giving thumbs ups because that's literally at the end of our videos, we always give a thumbs up because it's literally how we started doing them without planning it. We weren't like, yeah, yeah. like it was just like, all right, cool. Like thumbs up. That's what, <laughs> it's just natural for us. So. I think kind of a mindset shift for us was at first, I mean, the camera is really intimidating at first, just like this inanimate object that's like staring back at you without giving you any sort of like affirmation, this is good or this is bad. It's just there. And you're like, uh, okay. And I think for us now what we think is just imagine that there's like your best friend on the other side, or maybe we're on a double date and we're just like talking to other people and talking to the camera as if it's another person, as opposed to talking to, you know, a potentially thousands of people. Like a crowd or it. an audience. And yeah. like giving like the PR version of yourself. No, it's like, just chat exactly how you would chat your, to your best friend. Like how would you explain Turkish get up to your best friend? Things like that, so. I think it's really cool when, when I mentioned how you're, you're approaching it to enthusiasts or potentially your membership is you are speaking to an avatar. Like you're yeah. speaking to like who you'd want to work with, right? Okay. Which makes it friendlier because let's face it, we don't want to work with everyone. Everyone says like, I would like to be able to help everybody. I don't necessarily want everybody in my classroom, right? Let's face it. There's yeah. a lot of jerks out there. I, you know, I want like, if you like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Godzilla movies, like, please come train with me. Um, <laughs> If you're open to learning to like those things, come train with me. But your videos are that. And I think that's part of it too. When, when people try to follow a trend and I do think like, unfortunately, like, well, I think, you know, what will happen is like with anything in music and movies is like people that are riffing off of MFF or something or another facility at some point that's going to get old because it's no longer novelty. It becomes like, you know, and, and something new will come around. And MFF will still be MFF because they were the original, right? Really? And I'm not, like, trying to crap on anybody. Like, this is, like, it's almost like high school where you find heavy metal music. So you go right out and you buy a denim jacket, uh, you know, a leather jacket. And then you find punk rock and you put a clothespin through your nose. Like, I get it. Yeah. But if, if we're really trying to sell authenticity we have to take a moment back and even for me like you know i came from a martial arts gym like i would goof around there but we didn't wear costumes there totally. but if you ask him who i met online on okay cupid what my okay cupid profile picture was it was me sitting at a couch with the all black stormtrooper mask like that was my, <laughs> my profile and i'm just gonna throw this out here if anybody else is gonna start trying to claim godzilla as their icon okay. <laughs> we know you're faking <laughs> No, it's actually, we, we actually gave um, a presentation when we included that part of uh, about MFF and people kind of like, you know, essentially cop copying, copying that. And also talking about like before the whole strong culture and community thing, it was like um, being like a fired up motivational coach and like people try to replicate the Martin Rooney's, the uh, Todd Durkins and things like that. And there's just like these waves and people trying to emulate those waves instead of just being who they are. Like if you're just like, a very dry sarcastic person then just own that make make that your thing or if you're if you are like a you know crazy fierce you know passionate person then be that as well but there's no right way to do it it's just the right way for you yeah like it would be super weird if jason and i tried to be like raw raw motivational if we were like shouting and like you know yell like screaming at the top of our lungs about, yeah. and trying to like motivate people it just it would come off so it would come off flat and yeah. it would come off fake and so instead we're like we hope that we motivate people through who we are but we're not going to try to be todd durkin todd durkin's 
Todd Durkin for a reason. Yeah. He's like that because he's authentically, genuinely like that. Yeah. And that's why. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, I guess this goes back to the whole coaching in the trenches thing. Like you need that time in the trenches working with lots of people, a whole variety of people to then find your voice and find how, which coaching style works best for you and find, you know, find all that. But if you just try to find your authentic voice a year into the industry, like you just don't have the experience to really figure out that. Yeah, I look back now. So, you, you know, it's been, I've been a trainer coming up seven years full time in May, right? So almost eight years of people throwing part time. And I think back even around the time of the divorce, I, my ego and like brand loyalties and stuff were so like skewed. And I didn't think I was an asshole, but like I know I was like on certain aspects of what I was viewing were a little too hardcore, a little too, I was making the wrong things important, right? I was making systems important instead of training people. And I was, I was getting great results, but like I was just trying to find my place. Totally. And you can't get out of that until you've spent time, right? Until you've had thousands of hours of sessions, um, been at some different places, been exposed to different people. It's one of the reasons why I think it's so important, you know, in-service culture has become such a great thing, but in-service culture also leads a lot of trainers, I think, to like not go outside of the gym to learn more. And I think those traveling moments of meeting strangers or just seeing how other people are moving, I think is really eye-opening because like, you know, I'll know at MFF, like our ninja swing is as, as good as most kettlebell instructors, right? Level one, level two, the, the ninjas are great because they've had a great team boosting them up. So there might be a thing like, ah, maybe I don't need to get a kettlebell cert, but it's then meeting people, right? It's being yeah. exposed to all that is a part of it, how we all met. Yeah. yeah. It's we make all of our, well, not make, but we highly, highly recommend that all of our coaches, our staff go to a Strong First event. I mean, we're team leaders, we could just be like, you know what, you guys don't have to go because we can teach you everything that you're going to learn at a cert. But first of all, that would be false because you get to learn from multiple different people and everyone has different teaching styles. And second of all, there nothing compares to the experience of actually being in that environment and feeling what it's like to, to and, and watching instructors be up at the front, like doing what they belong, like they belong there. They like are meant to do this and experiencing that is, is absolutely like it's, unforgettable and yeah. so we have all all of our staff have gone to at least a level one um because we just think it's that important yeah did sarah just become a team leader as well she sure did. Yeah. oh my gosh congrats to everybody yeah. we, we've never met but her podcast episode with julian was oh, yeah. insane so i gave that a shout out when i had julian on. i'm like i'm not going to cover that ground um I, I hope i'm not being repetitive on it you know from from some of the uh, other podcasts because you know there's a lot of them now um yeah. Going off of that stuff, though, I also found it's great when you go to a course kind of alone, which was something, you know, I, I, you know, I said this on the last one, the first couple, few things like my RKC one and two, I went with people from five points and like we, we very much so stayed huddled. Like I made friends, but I didn't necessarily yeah. hang out. And then I remember that the CKFMS is where I went on my own. And that's where I met like some of my like best friends now in the field. I mean, that's where I met Rick Garcia for the first time. Um, you know, uh, Mike Connolly from strength faction. Uh, we were at the same one. Were you? You met Mike at our CKFMS. Yeah. In, in, uh, so I ignored you two <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. No, no, we must've been drinking Guinness at the Liffey together, right? <laughs> we must've been near. Um, I'm trying to, th I was hanging out with the Rosslers a lot on that one. Yeah, the okay. Rosslers were there. Rosslers were there. Like, Sean Cairns was there. Thomas Abbey. 
I was hanging out with Sean too a little bit, but not much because Sean and I had just done Marty Gallagher's Purposeful Primitive thing like a week earlier at Phil's. Okay, yeah, yeah. So we all lied in the beginning of this podcast and we probably <laughs> met there. We had no idea. Had That's no amazing. Idea. That is crazy. crazy. There needs to be like a TV show flashback. <laughs> just crossing paths. <laughs> it's going to be the one where like one of us just like was like, oh, there they are. And just turns and walks away. Like, pretends they didn't know. like oh, I got a phone call. Got to go. <laughs> well, hey, I know you you guys have to go. Um, I think people are going to get a lot out of this. Uh, I, I do think right now. Creating your online persona, whether it's as a business or a coach is taking importance over coaching. And I think. Everything will come if you just work with people more. Even if you're thinking online coaching, like I know some people pull it off, um, but you need to be able to coach people. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I wanted to ask you one thing before I let you go. Now, all of those numbers in Instagram, are you seeing an intern of return of investment in terms of membership on that? Or is it mostly public eye reach? We're actually just starting to see it. Um, and that's actually quicker than we anticipated. Also, we thought we had to be like hundreds of thousands of followers in before we saw a local impact. Um, but we're actually just starting to notice it. A lot of people coming in saying, oh, I've been following you on Instagram for a little while now. And, you know, for X reason, I wanted to come in. So that's something, a lot more. And something that we don't do on Instagram is very much selling, um, mm, especially yeah. not in our posts. We, we might sell some things in our stories. We may say like, hey, we're having this event or we have this like free nutrition guide or like we have different things there. But in our posts, it's all educational and it's all informative um, and it's all content. And then we... So that might be why maybe it initially took a little while to start getting some of that local, like people coming in saying, I've been following you for a while, but once they've been following you for a while and they make that decision, that means they're pretty invested in you already. And they have been really easy to convert into members because they're like, we feel like we know you already. Um, So by putting our real personality out there and, and really putting what they're going to experience at achieve when they walk in the doors out there, they come in and they're like, this is exactly what I thought it would be. And they feel super comfortable and ready to go. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, actually going back to the whole, um, the, the new coaches thing that they should be learning experiencing and coaching. Um, you know, it's not to say that they shouldn't be posting on social media or like adding to their brand and whatnot. Um, but just more like, instead of going about it as growing your social media brand, just post your experiences, you know, post what you're learning, post what you've learned from such and such person. Um, what's worked well for you. Um, instead of posing as an expert, because you're not yet, and you will be, but just uh, you know, just just post about your experiences and, and make it in this humble way, and people will just naturally latch on, even though you're not an expert yet. They'll I they'll believe- they'll latch I on. To you cut you off. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I, I fully agree. It's about prioritizing, and I think sometimes those priorities are off because mm-hmm. I, I I'm I'm sure when you've stepped in front of the room to teach for the first time, there's that mm-hmm. feeling like like greater people than I have taught this. And am I just doing Brett Jones's version of this, right? (laughs) Am I just doing Dan John's version of this? And what you find with practice, whether it's social media, coaching in the room, is it becomes you find your way of doing it. And that's where like you get to finally feel confident and away from imposter syndrome. You know, we're working off of somebody else's curriculum, but how do we make it ours? How do you make I know one of the things that brought this podcast about was I just got tired of making fitness videos, like in terms of like, do we need another hinge video? I'm not dissing anybody that did. for me, it was like, I can't even scroll through all my friends type of swing videos. Uh, you know, do I need to put another one out there? So it's like, let me expose people to my friends and people that I look up to and people that, you know, um, I don't get to. 
You'll still yeah. incorporate Godzilla, whatever it might be, but you'll do it differently that clicks with someone in particular. So, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, they've already done that. But, you know, there, there's so many people that just need that knowledge. You know? Yeah, it, do, it does come out and, and how you present it is going to get your people. But I think it's important too that people realize for the amount of work you put in in the year of doing your social media that you're just now starting to see it. Whereas I think people are expecting yes. to do a quick fix and it, consistency is really where totally this hits and actually yeah um going back to the whole not sh uh, chasing short-term like financial stuff like we view this as very long-term brand not short-term sales yeah so you know you see these um you know instagram people they might have a small following they might get to a following of like ten thousand people but then they start selling stuff like crazy and they put like use the code xyz 10 to get 10% off this thing. And as soon as you start like selling a bunch of stuff, that puts up an immediate barrier because your audience is like, okay, what is the intent behind this page? Is it to provide me value or is it to sell, sell something later on? Is it to funnel me? So we're always thinking about how can we add value? And then eventually, um, you know, after we create a good relationship and earn that relationship, then can we sell them something that they actually want and need and that they yeah. reach out to us. So pretty big distinction there. And I, I'll admit, I struggle with that sometimes because I know, yeah. you know, I, I'm constantly trying to find that that range of like, this podcast is like a free for all. And I sometimes feel weird even announcing my my upcoming courses in the beginning, but it's like, all right, I have this voice. But I think it's been good in one way is like, just I, I just got back from North Carolina at, at OS Pro Reset and people that aren't necessarily rating or liking or, you know, I don't see them following. Like they start to watch your videos or hear my voice. I apologize that you're stuck listening to my voice so much. Um, and suddenly you start making a connection, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So that's the thing that might bring them into my class or your class or your cert or my cert is because they already have a connection. They're going to be like, all right, I already get a sense of who you are yeah. versus just what you do or yeah. what this set of initials or logo or what implement whatever is right they want to know if if i'm a little scared of kettlebells but jason and lauren just seem really like awesome people and i they put out all this video kettlebells seem good i i need to learn about kettlebells mm -hmm. right like it's it's like you're providing buy-in just by being yourself as opposed to trying to find a version of yourself to create buy-in totally yes yeah. exactly and um you know i i think i think in terms of a uh, selling um i think workshops and events are great to promote like that's where people can see you like live in yeah. person and show that um what i'm more referring about is those like automated products that are either just oh yeah just um online apps that are just like a, a program that you just spit out kind of thing or um, even like i mean discounts on supplements that you're getting pushed feedback you know yeah that's, like yeah, mlm that's, stuff and you know. mlm is the worst <laughs> yeah uh no but i know for me so when when because i teach for like a few brands like i'm yeah. very cautious about how often i'm posting like a, a thing about a course yeah. Because yeah. A, I end up sometimes competing with my own courses in a way, but I don't want it to just feel like, come with me, come with me, come with me, come with me. Yeah. Then it feels like that wasn't as good as this one. This one isn't as good as this one. This one isn't as good as this one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's just, yeah, finding the right cadence. Um, I guess it kind of goes back to jab, 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 right hook in terms of like yeah. a lot of content. And then, oh, by the way, I'm doing this. You can see me in person teach this stuff. Content. Yeah. <laughs> You'll notice if you, well, I'm not saying that you have to go do this, but listeners, yeah. if you notice that you, there's just suddenly like a Godzilla toy in a story with nothing really, yeah. it's because like, <laughs> I feel like I've done too much 
promotional stuff. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> and, and I'm just yeah, giving you a little freebie. <laughs> yeah, and that's part of your brand, so. Cleansing my palate. Yeah. And it's on brand too because Absolutely. it's authentic to me. So any Coach Godzillas that come out, <laughs> I am the source. <laughs> well, I know you two have to go. Uh, this is episode 30, by the way. You got, oh, you got a big number. Nice. Uh, thank you so exactly. much for taking the time. Thank you um, for taking the time. I only do this once a week. You guys are going to be up to like 705 in about three days. <laughs> um, we'll have to have you back on. And just, I'm really proud of you guys. And just, you know, all the love, all the congrats on your continued success. It's been really cool to see you not just elevate up the kettlebell channels, but more importantly, because let's face it, your business, your livelihood, your future is based more on all of ours are based more on our actual businesses. Right. Yeah. Forget that sometimes. <laughs> um, just, I'm, I'm really stoked for you too. Thank you so much, Thanks, Steve. Steve. We really appreciate it. And we, we love keeping in touch, even though we don't do it enough, we should see each other more. But the fact that we get to keep in touch, even via social media is one of the great things about it. So that's, uh, that's been great. And we love seeing what you're up to. Awesome. I'll shoot you. We will try to meet up. I'm going to be teaching in Boston at, in, in, at MSSC strength in April. Oh yeah. We know that's um, Tina and Lauren. Tina's yeah. Tina's oh, place. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. So um, maybe we can meet up there. I'm coming out there for a four hour DVRT workshop. So I'm going to come oh, up that nice. evening. She said there's a brewery. I'm like beer I'm in. Um, <laughs> so maybe we can hang out there. That awesome. would be awesome. They're great. Uh, over there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm really excited to meet her. Artemis connected us. Oh, okay, perfect. perfect. The, the, just for the world, if you're the best spots in fitness for the amount of amazing coaches, by the way, Boston area is insane. <laughs> and then in New York City as well, like the kind of like level of quality between the places that you've got your spot, AMP, like it's insane yeah, there's how many place. great spots. Kret's clearly, you know, there's just Kretz so many great cool. spots. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, anyway, get back to work. Thank you so much. Keep crushing it. Thank you awesome. so much, Steve. Oh, before you go, you have to tell the listeners to die mighty. Tell, can you tell them to die mighty? That, do we just say can it? We like yeah, you just say it. All right, one, one two, three. three. Die, die mighty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where can they find you? Um, on Instagram, Achieve Fitness Boston. On YouTube, Achieve Fitness Boston. <laughs> and Facebook, company. Achieve Fitness Boston. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can find our podcast through that as well. So, yeah. Awesome. Supportive. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thank All you right. so much, Thank Steve. Thank you, Steve. The Coach Fury Podcast is created, owned, and produced by yours truly, Steve, Coach Fury Holliner for Fury Industries, LLC. Music provided by the FTW. Visit the ftw.nyc.com for band, album, tour, and merchandise information. And the artwork is created by Glenn Urieta. Visit glennurieta.com. That's G-L-E-N-N-U-R-I-E-T-A. Or on Instagram, at Glenn Urieta. Thanks, everyone. Yeah.